voice and begin to pray and say, Lord, help me, grant me understanding tonight. Visit me in a special way. Lift up your voice and pray. Visit me, O oh Lord, in a very special way. If you are in-house, if you are online, the Lord designated today to be a meeting point and a meeting time between you and him. And Bible says that where two or three are gathered together in my name, in my name, the assurance is that I am there. And anywhere that the Lord is, Bible says that there is liberty. Bible says that there is freedom. Bible says that there is a release. So lift up your voice and pray. Lord, let there be an encounter. Lord, let there be an encounter. An encounter with you, O oh Lord. An encounter with you, O oh Lord. I want you to pray a very personal prayer. Lord, I don't want to leave the sea. I want to touch. I want you to touch me, Lord. I want to touch in the name of Jesus. Oh Lord, minister to me. Father, minister to me. Bible says in the book of 1 Samuel chapter 3 and verse 21. And the Lord ministered even unto Samuel through the word. Bible said that and the Lord revealed himself to Samuel in Shiloh by the word of the Lord. I want you to pray. Say, Lord, reveal yourself to me today in the lens of the scriptures. In the lens of the scriptures, lift up your voice and pray. Don't let prayer ever be a burden. Let prayer be sweet to you. Because it is the only way by which we give God access to our affairs. Prayer is the only way we give God the legal permit into our affairs. Without prayer. That is what Bible says in Matthew 7, 7. He said, ask and it shall be given seek you shall find knock and it shall be opened unto you verse 8 says that and everyone that asks everyone that asks every if only you ask everyone that asks receives and everyone that knocks hallelujah everyone that seeks will find and everyone that knocks the door will be opened in Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3 he said that call unto me and I will answer you God is an answerer if only we will call tonight don't let prayer be tedious don't let prayer be complex don't let prayer be a tiresome thing understand that he is hearing in Psalm 66 Bible said unto you that heareth prayer shall all flesh come hallelujah lift up your voice in prayer Bible says in the book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 31 that when they have prayed the place was shaken there is a tremendous shaking power embedded in the womb of prayer if the church will pray there will be a shaking a shaking of the foundations of the enemy mighty name of Jesus Christ Shabrandas Kapathit that Lord you have mercy upon us oh Lord 
purge and purify our conscience and lord prepare us in the mighty name of jesus to have an encounter with you through the lens of your word bless each and every worshiper tonight online and in-house we arrest the spirit of tiredness the spirit of fatigue the spirit of sleep the spirit of incomprehensibility the ability not to comprehend your word the name of jesus any agenda of the enemy to push the word out of us we arrest it in the name of jesus let there be a flow the name of jesus let there be understanding in the mighty name of jesus bless your word tonight oh lord bless everyone in-house online let your word be our package in the mighty name of jesus christ somebody begin to celebrate the lord for hearing our prayers and not just for hearing it but for answering our prayers can we take our seats in heavenly places somebody slap those two hands together for the lord jesus christ hallelujah are you excited to be in church tonight i am super excited hallelujah i miss you all so much amen yeah since sunday i've been missing you all hallelujah (laughs) and i'm excited to see you honestly i'm excited to see you I was like, oh, I wish, yesterday I was like, oh, I wish today was Wednesday and I was at church. Amen. There is something about the gathering of the saints. Yeah, because Bible says that iron sharpens iron. You see? So when we come together, sometimes your faith, you know, there is an atmosphere of recharge. You know, there's an atmosphere. You know, nowadays, because of technology, sometimes you don't even need to connect your phone. You just have to put it on a pad. And the atmosphere can charge it. In the same way, when we come to church like this, we charge each other. You know, sometimes somebody, you will not know somebody charging you. But because we find ourselves in the atmosphere, you will live here charged in Jesus' name. Will you shout me a believing amen? Glory be to Jesus. Now, today I'm starting a series. I was thinking I could do it all today. But... I realized whilst I was preparing that it was not doable. <laughs> so, we will attempt to do part one today. I won't say how many parts. Maybe it can be two. Maybe it can be three. It can be four. Depending on how far we go per time. Hallelujah. But today, 
I'm starting a um, series on the pillars of the Great Commission. Yeah, the pillars of the Great Commission. Because when you understand the pillars, the pillars are the columns, you know. The columns of everything is called the pillars of it. Hallelujah. And it is the foundation upon which everything stands. This building is not standing because of the paint. It can be aesthetically beautiful with the paint. But with or without the paint, the building will still be there. But without the columns, this building is just a matter of time and it will crumble down. Praise the name of Jesus. So the columns or the pillars of everything is the most important of that thing. That is why when you read the book of Psalm 11 and then verse number 3, Bible says, so I, I, I'm believing God that I'll do a lot of teaching on this. So I need you to take your pens and your books. If you need a book, you can lift up your hand. The ushers will get you one. God bless you. And then they'll give you a pen as well. We made provision for all that so that you can keep things down. You will need them one day. Guess what? Anytime God met anybody in the Bible, the first thing that they will tell them is that write in the book. The book of Revelation, when, the, when Apostle, Paul, uh, Apostle John, the revelator, encountered Jesus, he said, and that which you see, write in a book. There is something about writing what the Lord tells us in a book. That is why we even have the Bible anyway, because everything was written down. Hallelujah. Anyway, if the Lord has also graced you with a pictographical memory so that you don't write, but you recollect, bless the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. <laughs> Some of us like writing because we know that the shortest pencil is better than the greatest memory. Hallelujah. So we'll be doing the columns or the pillars of the Great Commission. But brothers and sisters, let me say this. You see, we are in a time and a season where one of the greatest blessings that God can ever give to anybody is to give you somebody that will... We call them the teaching priest. Hallelujah. It's very important I explain this to you. Because, um, you know, what the Lord does is that the Lord will always give you a teaching priest. The responsibility of the teaching priest is supposed to feed us with knowledge and understanding. That will bring us to the full stature and measure and maturity in the Lord. Our responsibility, listen very well, our responsibility is to open up our heart and receive that teaching so that the teaching together with, you see, so the teaching comes when he delivers his responsibility and we also deliver our responsibility. Then the supernatural power of God becomes inevitable everywhere. Hallelujah. So you read the book of um, Jeremiah chapter 3 verse 15, I believe. In Jeremiah chapter 3, verse 15, and then he made a very profound statement. He said, look at that. Let's read to verse 17. And I will give you pastors according to my heart. And the purpose of me giving them to you is to feed you. You see, so every sent man of God. I'm always careful when I'm saying this because I have to choose my words well. Hallelujah. Any sent servant of God, man of God, woman of God. Any sent man or woman of God is like a spiritual chef that is supposed to distribute food. You understand? Yeah, he's supposed to distribute food. Because that is, when you read through the scripture, let me give you three significant scriptures about what I'm saying by way of introduction. He said, I will give you pastors according to my heart. And 
they shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Do you understand that? You know that understanding is very important, right? Elder, you remember Matthew? Let's put all the scriptures around. Like Matthew chapter 13 and verse 23. He spoke about the power of understanding. Matthew 13, 23. He said that, but he that received seed into the good soil is he that heard the word. So when the word is coming and understands it, you see? So when you understand it, then he said that you also bear fruit. You bring some hundredfold, some will be sixty, and the least will be thirtyfold. You see, times not thirty percent, but times itself thirty. Do you, do you understand it? Times itself thirty. Hallelujah. So now let's go back to the Jeremiah chapter three and then verse number fifteen. He said, "I will give you pastors after my heart." which shall feed you with knowledge and understanding. Verse 16 and 17 says that after you have, and it shall come to pass, after you have been fed with knowledge and understanding, when you be multiplied and increased, so our multiplication in life and our increases in life is a product of our teachability. You see? Yeah. When we, we will be able to be taught, and then we'll be able to receive it. Then he says that we'll be multiplied and increased in the land. And in those days, saith the Lord, they shall say no more. The ark of the covenant of the Lord is far away. They shall not say that. He said that neither shall they remember it, neither shall they visit it, neither shall that be done anymore. And then look at verse 17. He said, and at that time, they shall call Jerusalem the throne of the Lord. Now, so he was talking about the blessings of being taught. Praise the name of Jesus. Now look at another scripture in the book of Acts chapter 20 and then verse 28. You see, in Acts chapter 20 and verse number 20, I'm just trying to let you understand that anytime you come into the house of God, the most important, everything that we do is fine. And they are all important. They all help in the build-up. But the greatest and the most important that you should not let anything take from you is the dissemination of the word. Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 20. He said, take heed unto yourselves and to all the flock. And he was talking to the overseers. Over which the Holy Ghost has made you overseers. To do what? Feed to feed the church of God. So the purpose of the sent man of God is to feed the church. Is to feed the church. In the book of First Peter, you can write this scripture down. In the book of First um, uh, Peter chapter 5 and verse number 2. He said, feed the church. Feed the flock. Feed the flock which is among you. You see, as you take oversight of them, not lording over them, but feed them. Feed them. You see, not by constraint, but willingly. Not for filthy lucre. Feed them. This is the purpose of the Lord giving us pastors. This is the purpose of the Lord giving us teaching priests. And then I'll read one more scripture which the Lord Jesus, it was a discourse that he had, he had with John. I know most of you may know it in John chapter 21 and then from verse 15 to 17. John 21 from 15 to 17. Jesus, so when they had finished eating, now Jesus wanted Peter to understand what he was going to tell him. So he made them finish eating. Now when they were very satisfied and then Peter had begged and he had begged and then 
he, he was like, yeah, Lord, thank you for this powerful dinner. And then Jesus said, are you satisfied? He said, yes. So when they had finished dining, Jesus said unto Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, do you love me than this? And he was talking about the miracle of provision that he had just given them. Because he had given them miracles. He said, do you love me than this, than the miracles? There are many people who love miracles more than the giver of miracles. Yeah. So they come to church. They are like, Lord, I'm come. If you don't heal me, man, I'll find my level. Yeah, Lord, if this year I don't get any proposal from any man, I'll find my own way. You see? The question is, do you love the miracles or you love the giver of the miracles? You see, depending on the object of your love, we will know how you, how you, you, how you operate or how you move. I'll be able to tell the object of your love depending on your attitude towards many things. Now, because if the object of your love is God, there are many, many things you will even see. The reason why many people see many, many, many other things other than the the main important thing is because the object of their affection and their love is not the giver of the miracle. That is why sometimes when the Lord blesses some people, the blessing takes them away. Hey, brother, sister, why am I not seeing? You know, um, this blessing that the Lord gave me is now really occupying my time. I'm not saying when... That, like, for example, I mean, there are certain people, like Elder was telling us, who uh, genuinely work constrains them. But there are some people, they allow certain things to stop them. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. So he said that Simon, son of Jonas, loves me more than all these. He said unto him, Yeah, Lord, you know that I love you. Then he said, The proof of your love to me is to feed my lambs. Do you understand what I'm saying? Now, look at verse number 16. So, this was the first one. Then he said to him again, the second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? He said unto him, yea, Lord, you know that I love you. He said, feed my sheep. And then verse 17. Then Jesus said unto him the third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved. Peter was pained in the heart. It's like somebody that you have told the person the truth, but the person doesn't believe the truth that you have told. So you go like, you know what? It is up to you whether you believe it or not. That is all. Because I don't know. There is nothing better than the truth. There is nothing bigger than the truth. Right? So it's like now you are even fed up. So that was where Peter was. He said, lovest thou me? Peter was grieved because he said unto him the third time, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, you know all things. If I don't love you, you know it in my heart. Thou knowest that I love thee. Then Jesus said unto him, feed my lamb. You see? So, the, the, the thing that I'm trying to arrive at is that there are two important things that when we come to the church, we must understand. You see? The first one is the, 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 first one is the delivery of the word. The delivery of knowledge. And then the second one is the reception. The duty of the man of God is to deliver it. The duty of the church, the flock, is to receive the food. You see? And apply the food. You are hungry. We give you food. We set the food before you. And then, this is the food you have to eat. You are hungry. 
you are sitting down, then you are crying. You see, the, the reason why, Pastor Solomon, sometimes things linger, is not because there is no remedy. No. Bible says that before the foundation of the, before the creation of the foundation of the earth, the Lord had already made provision for recovery in case man falls. That is why we say that, and, this, and the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the earth. So God has remedy for everything. Remedy for everything. But our ability to receive the remedy is what brings us to a place of recovery. Praise the blessed name of Jesus. Now, you read the scripture in Second Chronicles chapter 15. And then verse number 3 all the way to 5. You see, why am I saying all this? Because I want us to understand when we come to church and the word is coming, grasp it with everything. Now, for a long season, Israel had been without the true God. Do you see that? Israel had been without the true God and without a teaching priest. Without the true God. Look at what defined their trouble. They were without the true God. They were without a teaching priest. And then they were without the law. So because of that, verse 4 to 6. Look at verse number 4 to 6. Bible said that, but when they were in their trouble and they did turn to the Lord, the God of Israel, and sought him, he was found of them. But then what happened whilst they were without the true God, they were without a teaching priest? Because it is the teaching priest that will stand between the true God and the people and deliver them the word from the Lord, which is called the law. Now look at the next verse. Verse number 5 says that in those days, in what times? In those times when they were without the teaching priest. Bible said that there was no peace to him that went out. Not to him that came in. But great vexation was upon all the inhabitants of the country. To the point that verse 6 says that. Now, nation was destroyed of nation. You see? And city of city. For God did vex them with all adversities. Listen. If Satan wants to destroy a, a believer. Or Satan wants to destroy a group of people. He will first of all have to destroy their shepherd. Yeah. You first of all have to destroy or corrupt their shepherd. Praise the name of Jesus. And it is very, very, very important we understand that. You see, one day in the book of um, 2 Kings chapter 4, Bible says that the prophet was preparing food for them. And then one of the, one of the sons of the prophet shouted and said, Alas, master, there is death in the pot. You know, so your ability to hear sound doctrine is very, very important. I'm saying this because there are so many doctrines that are being bandied around. And you got to open your eyes. You got to open your ears. It's not everything that you hear that is right out there. And it is not every name because it is a popular name that is disseminating the right things. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. So I'm saying this just to encourage the church, Holy Hill Chapel, and anyone that is listening online that it is important that we open our eyes and we open our ears. Praise the name of Jesus. There was a guy in the Bible. His name was Nicholas. I think I've spoken to you about him before, right? Nicholas in the book of Acts chapter 6. When they were looking for um, somebody, when they were looking uh, in Acts chapter 6, when you start from verse number 4, the Bible says that there was confusion. And so um, the apostles said, give, a, give me from verse number 3. 
Look, so wherefore, brethren, look you among you, seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. And then verse number four, he said, about we will give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. And verse number five says that, and the saying pleased them. And as they looked, look at the people that they found. They found Stephen, a man full of faith of the Holy Spirit, of the Holy Spirit and Philip, um, 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 and then um, and Prochorus, and then Nicanor, and Timon, and Parmenas, and Nicholas, a proselyte. Later on in the book of Revelation, the Lord said, I hate the doctrine of the Nicolaitans. Because after he, he, he came into prominence, he started propounding certain doctrines and theories that were against the principles of God. So you got to be very careful. Not because it is a name or a person has a name. You got to follow. No, you got to understand that whatever you hear is capable of sending you down or bringing you up. And let the church say me a believing amen. Is it a good, you know, introduction? Yeah. You know, and, 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 uh, and I wrote something here. I said that the greatest gift that you can give to your teaching priest is to embrace the labor that they labor in the word with full love and reception to be transformed. You know, that is the greatest gift that you can give to your teaching priest that when he labors in the word, because brothers and sisters, packaging a word for one service is labor. I tell you. It is not just like you sleep and then you wake up and then you are just preaching. Hallelujah. Except you want to excite the church and then motivate them and then just encourage them. But if you want to disciple the church and raise a formidable army for the Lord, which he is looking for, that will also become a terror in the camp of the enemy. Then you got to labor in the word. So when the word, when there is labor in the word and then it comes out. Your greatest gift. You see, look at something that Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 3. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 2 and 3, he said something very powerful over there. He said, you are our epistle. You see, written in our heart, known and read of all men. You see, your, your transformation is a reflection of the labor of word of your sent man of God. Yeah, your transformation you see, when people see you and then you are transformed, then they know that there is some labor going on. But when there is no change and when there is no whatever, that is why I'm saying that the greatest gift that the flock or the sheep can give to the sent man of God is your ability to receive the word and then get transformed by the word. And the church will say me a believing amen. Okay, now let us go on to my message, part one. Yeah, that was all trying to, you know, yes, yeah, smoothen the atmosphere. Hallelujah. Yeah, don't worry, I promise you it is part one, so we'll finish in time, in good time. Hallelujah. <laughs> the mandate of the church. Now, I started, I quoted a scripture before I came here. Um, Psalm 11, verse 3. Now, in Psalm 11, 3, Bible says that if the foundation is destroyed, what can the righteous do? So the foundation of everything is the most important thing. If there is anything that you must guard, it is the foundation of the building. 
if the building is on four columns, you will break down everything. You don't break down the you don't break down the columns. Praise the name of Jesus. Why? Because upon the columns rest or lie the foundation and the whole beam of the structure. Praise the name of Jesus. Now, the mandate of the church is not to be saved and then await going to be with the Lord. I started preaching like I started teaching like that. The mandate of the church is not to be saved and then to wait to go home to be with the Lord or to wait for the rapture to come and meet us. Whichever one precedes the other because it is one of these two. Either we go home to meet the Lord or he will come in the rapture and then we will go with him. Hallelujah. So, but the, the, the mandate of the church is not just this. That is why when you read the book of Mark chapter 3, verse 13 to 15, and I, 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 we read it on Sunday, but I want to read it again. So look at the mandate of the church. Then Jesus went up into the mountain and he called unto him whom he ruled and they came unto him. Now what? was the purpose of they coming to him. Three things. Number one, give me verse 15. Number one, okay, verse number uh, 14, sorry. Verse number 14, he said that, number one, he ordained the twelve that, number one, they should be with him. You see, this is the mandate of the church. And this is what is called the great commission. Now, that number one, they might be with him. And number two, that he might send them forth to preach. And number three, that they, verse 15, that they will have power to heal sicknesses and to cast out devils. So, in, in, in three summary, you can say that the purpose of the church, number one, is to be with the Lord so that he can equip and empower us. And number two, to go out, to go out and preach the gospel, to go out and talk about the good news. And number three, to take care of the enemy. Yeah, to take care of the enemy upon the earth. So these are the three major reasons or the three things that the Lord wants the church to do. And the three put together is called the Great Commission. It is called the Great Commission. And our relevance before God, our importance before God it's not, ladies and gentlemen, how powerful we pray, how powerful we preach. Our relevance before God is in the execution of these three things. If we don't do these three things, we are not relevant. In the book of Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 24, um, no, Matthew chapter 25, and sorry, Matthew 24 and then verse 44, verse 45 to 47. Look at what the Lord said. Our relevance before the Lord is in our ability to do these three things. Now, who then is a faithful and wise servant? Who his Lord has made him ruler over his household? Or his Lord has given him an agenda? His Lord has given him an assignment? His God has given him a mandate? He said to give them meat in due season. And then look at verse number 46 and 47. He said, blessed is that servant. You see? Whom his Lord, when he comes, he shall find him doing so. So our relevance and our ability to be called blessed and faithful servants of the Lord is when 
when the Lord appears, he sees us doing what he called us to himself to do. Number one, to be with him. Number two, to go out and preach. And number three, to take care of the enemy. When he says to cast out devils and to heal all manner of sicknesses and diseases, he's talking about taking care of the enemy. Because the enemy is responsible for those things. Praise the name of Jesus. So, can, can the church help me? What is the first agenda of the church? To be with the Lord. Number two, to go out and preach. Preach what? The gospel, the good news. And number three, to take care of the enemy. Because there is an enemy upon the earth. In Revelation chapter 12, we are told that when you read from verse number, when you read from verse number 9, 10, 11, the Bible says that the old serpent was cast down onto the earth. You see, that old dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceived the whole earth. He was cast out into the earth. So the Lord created us. One agenda of the Lord calling us is to take care of this devil, this old dragon. Hallelujah. If, hallelujah. If we do not take care of him, God will be watching us. Do you know why? Because God has given us what it takes to take care of him. So if I have empowered you to do something and you are not doing it, I will just be watching you. Praise the name of Jesus. So the question is, what is the great commission? So let us know the definition of the great commission. I've already given you an explanation of it. But let me give you a one definition. And then now I will talk about the pillars of this great commission. Now what is the great commission? So I wrote here from gathering much information that it is the assignment of God. Now take note. It is the assignment of God through Jesus Christ to his church. Take note. I'm taking my time. What is the great commission? It is the assignment of God through Jesus Christ to his church. To preach the gospel to the world. Are you writing? Yeah, that's why I'm taking my time. To preach the gospel to the world. And disciple believers. And disciple believers. Into agents of change. And influence. For their societies. I'll say it again. It's long, but if you are writing, it'll be good that you write. Because everything I'm going to talk about centers around this definition. So, this is a one-time definition of the Great Commission from many study. Now, it is the assignment of God through Jesus Christ to his church. Number one, to preach the gospel to the world. Number two, to, to disciple believers into agents of change and influence for their societies. It is the great commission that makes sinners saints. Hallelujah. It is the great commission. There is nothing else that makes sinners saints. It is the great commission that makes sinners what? Saints. Sinners can never become saints except the great commission shows up. So it is the agenda or the assignment of God through Jesus Christ to his church to preach the gospel to the world and disciple believers 
into agents of change and influence for their societies. In the book of John chapter 1 and verse number 12, Bible said that as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And Bible said that the world is awaiting the manifestation of the sons of God. So when we receive the gospel, when we understand the purpose of the great commission, then we become the sons of God who the world is waiting for. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, this is exactly what Jesus did, which he also commissioned to us. When you read the book of Matthew chapter 4 and verse 23, that is what Jesus did. So, he said that, and Jesus went about all Galilee, look at that, teaching in the synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sicknesses and all manner of diseases amongst the people. So you see that he did all the two. I mean, he did all the three. Now, he, what did he do? He was teaching in the synagogue. What is the purpose of the teaching? To let people be and understand the principles, the doctrines of the kingdom. Teaching brings us to the place of maturity and stature. It is te- Listen, teaching appeals to our mind. For reformation. Preaching appeals to our spirit for conviction. So anytime preaching goes on, that is why when we go out, we don't teach doctrines outside. We go to appeal to bargain for the souls of men. Now when they have been arrested for Jesus, then we take them to the church where they'll be taught. So Jesus was teaching in the synagogue. You read about Jesus and the disciples and Bible said that Jesus can multiply bread for the multitude after they have eaten and then they had gone. Then he would tell the disciple, sit down and then he would teach them. You see, why was he teaching them? Listen, because empowerment is the foundation. Knowledge is the foundation for empowerment knowledge is the foundation. Jesus used three and a half years to teach the disciples. He used one day to impart them. Yeah. But in our world today, the church is interested in impartation without knowledge. Jesus used three and a half years. Elder, he taught them three and a half years. They were with him. Then he would send them. They were One day, Bible said that, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord and the Holy Spirit came upon them. He used three and a half years. Why? Because if you are empowered not upon knowledge, the empowerment will destroy you. So everybody that Jesus empowered, anybody that was empowered in the scriptures were people that had a certain level of empowerment of knowledge before the anointing came upon them. So it is important we understand that ladies and gentlemen, it doesn't matter how whatever you are believing God for without understanding these things. So he was teaching them and then he was preaching the gospel of the kingdom. And that, that, that means he was convicting people. He was telling them the remedy, the solution to the problems of the world. He said, come into the kingdom. So look at that. He was preaching the gospel of what? The kingdom. But he was teaching in the synagogue. You see? And then, the third thing that he did was that he was healing all manner of sicknesses. He was taking care of the business of the devil. Yeah. You see? This is the package of the Great Commission. But, to execute this Great Commission, we need to understand the pillars. Okay? We need to understand the pillars. Now, and these are the four pillars that I'm going to deal with in the 
series that are ahead. Now, the reason why I'm giving all this explanation is because the next time we are on it, we will just zoom straight in. Hallelujah. Because you already have the foundation. You understand why. Now, so we cannot execute this great commission that has been entrusted into our hands, which is making disciples of the Lord. And then number two, which is preaching the gospel to convict people and bring them in. And number three, taking care of the business of the enemy or taking care of the enemy, except we understand the pillars, which are the foundation or which the foundation of the great commission rests upon. So there are four pillars and I need you to write them because I will be dealing with the first one. Now, the first one, the first, there are four pillars or four columns of the great commission. Number one, the first one is to preach the gospel to the world. Please write it. That is the first pillar. And please understand that. Please understand that in order for the great commission to be accomplished, all these four, all these four, all these four got to be fulfilled. Amen. So we can't just say that we are fulfilling the great commission just by doing one of them. There are four things. And these are the four pillars. So the first one, to preach the gospel to the world. Now I want you to write this scripture down for it. Mark 16 and verse 15 to 20. Mark 16 verse 15 to 20. Now number two. So I'll be talking about this first one today. All right, In the next couple of minutes and I'll be done with it. Number two, what is the second pillar? Or the second column of the Great Commission. It is important the church understands this. Because this is the agenda of the church. This is, the, this is what the Lord left us with. Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. If we don't understand what the... And many people don't even understand what the Great Commission is. We think that the Great Commission is just to be born again. Okay. Now, so the first column that makes this Great Commission... The great commission is that we are supposed to preach the gospel to the world. Mark 16, 15 to 20. Number two, the second column is to teach, to empower. Take note, to teach, to empower the believer through discipleship. To teach, to empower. Because it is the teaching that brings the empowerment upon the believer. You see, to teach, to empower the believer through discipleship into maturity and stature. Into maturity and stature. To teach, to empower. Teach, to empower the believer through discipleship into maturity and stature. That is in Matthew 28. You can write the scripture down. Matthew 28 verse 18 to 20. Then the third column. What is the third column of the great commission? The third column is to represent him. Is to represent God on the earth in spiritual decisions. That is the third column. To represent God on the earth in spiritual decisions. So you read John chapter 20 and verse 21 to 23. And Jesus said, Bible said that he breathed on them. And he said, as the Father has sent me, even so sent I you. And then verse 22. 
Then he breathed on them. When he had said this, he breathed on them. And he said unto you, receive ye the Holy Ghost. And look at that verse 23. He said, whosoever sins you remember. My goodness. Hey, this is a major spiritual decision that we take on behalf of heaven. Lillian, look at that. Whosoever, whosoever sins you, not heaven, you remit or you forgive unto them. Hey, whosoever sins you retain, they are retained. So when you go out and then you talk to somebody and you let a person pray the sinner's prayer, you say that the Lord has forgiven your sins. Just by saying that, God forgives them. Look, you, you, do you see how powerful we are? Man of God, do you see how powerful we are? Look at that. So we take, we represent him on the earth in spiritual decisions. Look at 1 John chapter 4 verse 17. In 1 John 4 17, he said, as he is, because as he is, so are we where? In this world. In this world. In this world. As he is, so are we here in this world. We represent him in spiritual decisions. That is why in Matthew chapter 18 and verse 18 and 19, he says that, I say unto you, whatsoever you shall bind on the earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatsoever you shall lose on the earth shall be loosed in heaven. And verse 19 says that, again I say to you, if two of you shall agree on the earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. So your decision, the decision that you approve and agree upon on the earth is binding heavenly. My goodness. This is so powerful. Hallelujah. So you walk out, and that is why the enemy will always want you to not know who you are. Because the day you get to know that, wow, this is who I am. You see, and we come to this form, stature, and, and knowledge through the teaching that is done in-house. Hallelujah. And then what is the fourth column. The fourth column to be his real-time witnesses or evidence. The fourth column of the Great Commission is to be his real-time witnesses or evidences. Acts chapter 1 verse 6 to 11. You can quickly write it in Acts chapter 1 verse 6 to 11. When they therefore were come together, they asked him, saying, Lord, when would you Will you at this time restore unto us the kingdom of Israel? Verse 7. The Lord, look at verse 7. And he said unto them, It is not for you to know this, the times and the seasons which the Father has put in his own power. But verse number 8 says that you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, unto the uttermost part of the world. And then verse number 9. Look at verse 9. When he had thus spoken these things, while they beheld him, he was taken up and all that. You can read to verse number 11. But the thing is that we become his real time, real time witnesses. Meaning that at any point in time, if anybody wants to experience the Lord, at any point in time, if anybody want to, who doesn't know the Lord, want to know the goodness of the Lord, they must see it in you. You are the evidence. You are the evidence of heaven. You are you are you are the direct evidence of what you say about God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, we are His direct evidence. We are his direct evidence. We are his witnesses. He said, verse 8, and you shall be witnesses unto me. 
You see, you shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem. Now look at 1 John chapter 1, verse 1 to 4. Very powerful. So we have to engage these four things in order for the great commission to be advanced. When we say the great commission, it means that these four columns are in operation. Hallelujah. Preaching the gospel to the world. Number two, doing what? Teaching to empower the believer to become that agent of change in their society, right? And number three, to do what? To represent uh God in in spiritual decisions. So you take decision on behalf of God in your family. Hallelujah. At the workplace. Hallelujah. And then finally to do what? To be his real time witnesses and evidence. You see? Oh, I saw him. He took it. How? No, I didn't take it. But you took it. I didn't take it. I have the evidence. Then we show it. And it is true you were taking it. That, so you are that real evidence of God. Praise the name of Jesus. You are that real evidence of God. Your healing is a testimony of God's healing abilities. That is why God will heal you. You see, this, listen, you know why I'm taking time to teach this? Because I want your mind to grasp it so that you will know that this is the reason why God will do this for me. You see, you must, if you know why God will do this for you, it, there is no way it can be denied of you. That is what faith is about. Faith is when you know that God will show up no matter what happens. The three Hebrew boys, they said that, oh, Ken, we are not careful to answer you. Our God will show up, even if he doesn't show up. Hallelujah. So now let us quickly talk about the first column, the first pillar. And the first pillar is to preach the gospel to the world, right? Now let's read the anchor scripture for that in Mark 16. Is somebody systematically following the teaching? Good. Now, so look at Mark 16, verse 15 to 20. And he said, this is the first column. And he said, go ye into all the world and take note of certain things we'll be reading. Preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17 says that, and these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. Verse 18 says that, they shall take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Verse 19 says that, so after he had, the Lord has spoken unto them, he was received up into the heaven, sat on the right hand side of God, and they went everywhere preaching. They went everywhere preaching. The Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following them. Somebody say amen. Amen. So give me verse number 15 again and then let us look at that. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Every effective every effective errand must have a message and an audience. Every effective errand, if I give you an assignment, every effective assignment must have an audience. What am I supposed to do? And then, 
it must so every effective errand if i say i'm sending you i must have a message for you and i must have an audience for you so look at the message and the audience that the lord gave us over here the message of the of the great commission is the message of the gospel do you see that now he said and he said unto them go ye into all the world and preach the gospel the lord didn't just say go there and talk Go and preach the gospel. So the message of the great commission is the gospel. If it is not the gospel, it is not the great commission message. Yeah. That is why Paul told us something. Paul said in Galatians chapter 1 and verse 8 and 9. He said it on two occasions. He said, but though we or even an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. Verse number 9 says that, again, and as we said before, so say it now and again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you, other than that which you have received, let him be accursed. Why? Because Romans 1.16 says that, the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. You see? The only message of the great commission, brothers and sisters, which is the which is the assignment of the church is the message of the gospel if it is any other message and of course the gospel means good news the good news of god hallelujah the the gospel means good news so so we i wrote something here and i want to read it okay now he said that i said that um I said something here, and I want to read it exactly as it is. I said, the good news is the the gospel is the good news of the substitution of Jesus' death for our redemption. That is the good news. The substitution of Jesus' death for our redemption. Now, please listen very well. We are not called sinners because of what we have done. We are called sinners because of who we are coming from. It's very important we understand this. So somebody can say that, well, I'm not a sinner because I've not done A, B, Z. No, you are not a sinner because of the things you have done. You are a sinner because of where you are coming from. So this is it. Let's say somebody is owing you and the person couldn't pay. And then you took the person to the court. And now the judge is about to deliver judgment. And then all of a sudden, I'm trying to explain the gospel. And then all of a sudden, Let's say the amount is $5,000. Now, the person couldn't pay you. So, you took the person to the court. And then the judge said, well, according to the laws of the land, either you pay the money today or you are thrown into jail for six months. Which one? And then you said, the person says, that, well, I don't have that money. So, the only other option is to be thrown into jail, right? And then just when they were about to say that, okay, carry him to jail, somebody then shows up and the person says that hey i don't know him from anywhere but i think his story his story touches my heart so i just want to pay for him is that okay they said yes and then the money is paid will the person still go to jail no why because the debt has been paid this is all about the gospel the gospel is that we are owing and our punishment is death it is not death because of what we have done, but because of where we are coming from. Is somebody understanding me? And Jesus came and he said, you know what? 
There is no way you can pay that. So the only alternative for you is to suffer the consequences, which is called death. But I want to take that death. And he paid it. And that is the gospel. That is the gospel. So look at Romans chapter 5 and verse number 17 all the way to 21. In Romans 5, 17 to 21. Very beautiful scripture. He said, for if by one, if by one man's offense, look at that, not because of you, if by one man's offense, death reigned by one, how much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life. But, so yours to do, or what the world need to do is to receive the payment. So if the person can, you see, this is why some people will go to hell. Now, because the payment has been made, but they will not receive it. So the, person, the, the, the judge now says that, okay, the payment has been made for you. Do you accept it? Because the fact that the payment has been made doesn't mean that you, you, it is okay. You must accept it. Because somebody will say that, well, no, 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 I, I prefer to, I, I, don't, I don't want anybody to pay for me. So when people reject the gospel, it is like the person who must go to jail for not being able to pay that amount. And somebody came with that money, with that check. With that cash card and saying that I'm going to swipe and pay for you. The person said, no, 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 no. I don't like it. I don't like it. So the person automatically goes to jail. That is how come some people automatically go to hell. Not because God is wicked. You see, we got to understand the nitty gritties of the Great Commission. So that when we are explaining to people, we got to tell them that God is not interested in sending. Why will God send a creation that he has created that he says he loves? To hell. You see, let me tell you something. Whatever, wherever there is sin, God, it, God is not there. God hates it. So what happens is that the enemy through the sin of Adam, so we come mixed up. Everybody that is born onto the earth, we are born mixed up with sin. You, I want you to picture it, okay? It is like mixing sugar and water. Okay, now let's say you have your sugar and then, or, I mean, let's say you have maybe your hot chocolate mixed already with water or with milk or whatever. And then you are just about to drink it. And then they say that, oh, there is a poisonous substance inside. There was a poisonous, listen, there was a poisonous substance in the chocolate that was mixed. Would you still drink it? No, why would you not drink it? Uh, but it is chocolate drink. You prepare the chocolate drink. You love the chocolate drink. But why would you not drink it? Because there is poison in it. The only way you drink it is when you are able to separate the poison from the good thing. Now, the only thing that separates human beings from the sin that we came mixed with is Jesus, the blood of Jesus. You see? So, when you receive, you, there is nothing that your certificate can do that. Where you were born can't do that. Whatever, there is nothing that can separate any human being from the sin that we were born with. We came with it. It is not like it is working with us. It is mixed up with us. It is mixed up with us. So, what happens when we receive Jesus is that when he comes into us, now he begins to separate us from the sin. So, now when God sees you, God doesn't see the sin. He sees you mixed up with Jesus. He sees you mixed up with the antidote of sin. So there is, are you understanding it? Yeah. So the Lord, the reason why the Lord will cast some people into hell is because they are mixed with sin. But they didn't receive the antidote that will separate them. 
there must be a separation before we can be received into the kingdom. So when we receive Jesus, what happens is that he comes in and Bible said that he separates us. He, he, Bible used a very beautiful word. He said he has nailed it to the cross. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he takes all those things from us and then he throws it to the cross and now the Lord looks at us and he sees another mixture called the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. This is so beautiful. This is so powerful. And that is the gospel. That is the explanation of the gospel. So look at that. He said, for if by one man's offense, death reign, how much more shall they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign by one man called Jesus. Verse 18. We are reading all the way to 20. He said, therefore, as by one, you see, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift of life came unto all men, unto justification of life. Verse number 19 and 20. Uh, somebody is free from this today. For as by one man's disobedience, you see, many were sinners. So you are not a sinner because of what you have done. You are a sinner because of who sinned and you are coming from him. Yet, even so by the obedience of one man, shall many be made righteous. And verse 20 says that, verse 20, moreover, the law entered that offense might abound. But where sin abounds, grace did more abound. And verse 21 says, very beautiful, verse 21 says that, that as sin has reigned unto death, even so my grace reigned through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. So that is the gospel. You see, the gospel is that when Jesus came into my life, now he separated me. He separated me from the sin that I came mixed with. Yeah, he became the bleach of the stain of sin. Hallelujah. Is somebody understanding it? Now, how or who is our audience? So this is the message. I said that every effective errand must have a message. And number two, must have what? An audience. Now, who is the audience? Somebody said the world and all creatures. We are still in Mark chapter 16 verse 15. He said, go ye into all the world. And look at that. Look at that. Go, he said, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. So the message of the great commission is the gospel. Number two, the audience, who has he sent us to? If I send you to go get me something, I must tell you the audience. The audience is the world and every creature. Now, the world represents two things. The world, you see, Elder, Elder Isel was sharing testimony how he uses his opportunity that the Lord gives him at his workplace to preach to the people. That is his world. Your world, number one, is the people that can associate with you. There are many people that can't associate with me. There are people that will associate with me. They will not associate with you. There are many people that associate with you. They will never associate with me. So it becomes your world. So wherever you find yourself, Elder Marshall will be doing his um, record business. He meets you, except he doesn't meet you. The first thing he will ask you, do you know Jesus? You see, why? Because that is his world. You are a student. Your world is your classroom. Your world is your mate. Now, these are the things that 
the apostles understood and they engaged in. That is why even Paul, when you put him in jail, he will use letters to preach. He will use letters to preach. You give them opportunity, five minutes. They arrested Peter. They arrested uh, John. They said that, by whose name are you doing all these things? They preach a whole sermon. When you understand, ladies and gentlemen, your audience, and listen, we are in a time, please take note this statement that I'm making. We are not in the time of sowing. We are not in the time of watering. We are in the time of harvest. Yeah. There are three stages in every planting season. We have the sowing process. We have the husbandry process, which is the watering, the nurturing, and then we have the harvest. The reason why, ladies and gentlemen, we are in the end time is because we are in the harvest season. The harvest season is always shorter than any of the rest. Yeah. The reason why we say that the church or, or we are in the dispensation of the end times is because it is the season of the harvest. In John chapter 4 and verse 35 to 38. You see, when you read John chapter 4 verse 35 to 38, don't you say that there are yet four months and then come at the harvest? Behold, I say to you. Now look at what Jesus, uh, Jesus is saying. He said, lift up your eyes and look onto the field. For they are white already to harvest. So anybody you see in your world is a candidate for salvation. Don't spare anybody. Because we are not in the season of planting. We are not in the season of watering. We are in the season of harvest. Verse number 36. Look at 36. He that reaper receive wages and gathers fruit unto life eternal, that both he that soweth and he that reaper may rejoice. Verse 37 and 38. And herein is the saying through one sows and another reaps. Okay, so Jesus was talking about sowing and reaping. And then, look at what he told us in verse 38. He said, I send you to do what? To reap. So anybody you see in your world is a candidate for salvation. Anybody that you meet, it doesn't matter where you meet them. It doesn't matter how you meet them. You got to understand. See everybody from the perspective of God. See everybody from the eye lens of God. If you see people from your perspective, you will tell yourself that I don't want to impose my faith on somebody. But we are not imposing faith. We are telling people that if you don't get this bleach, your dress, you are going for a wedding. Dress in a very beautiful April. And then here you are with a stain. You, but you are not seeing that there is a stain. And then somebody comes. And then he says that, hey, brother, there is a stain here. But, and he's going like, oh, what shall I do? And then the person says that, but I got a bleach. That can just wipe it off. Whenever you talk to somebody about Jesus, the great commission, about, about, about the gospel, what you are doing is that you are introducing remedy. Remedy. That is how you got to see everybody. And that is how you got to see what this great commission language is about. When you see people, don't see them in the perspective of your equal in class. See them as either candidates of heaven or candidates of hell. And who shall bring them to that point of separation? You and I. You and I. You see, this message is not a shouting message. It is a message that must enter into our spirit. Because this is the purpose of the church. This is why Jesus said, if the salt loses its savor, 
it shall be used for nothing. The purpose of the church, ladies and gentlemen, when we come in, apart from stay and my 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 next pillar I'll be talking about in my next service will be about discipleship, mentorship. But today I'm telling you and I, the brothers and sisters, anybody you see, see them with the eye lens of God. Don't be shy. In Jeremiah chapter one and verse number seven, you see. He said that, go and bestow now. But the Lord said unto me, don't say that I am a child. For you shall go to all the places that I shall send you. And whatsoever I command you, you shall speak unto them. You see? So when you meet anybody, see them from the eye lens of God. See them from the eye lens of God. We are in the dispensation of the harvest. We are not planting. We are not sowing. We are not doing any animal husbandry we are harvesting so anybody you see see them in the eyes of harvesting hallelujah now look at that now i was telling you how the apostles used every opportunity that they had ladies and gentlemen when we meet them we'll be surprised because the opportunities that we have are more if it was paul that was living in our dispensation now twitter oh my goodness they will ban him facebook youtube my goodness the man was in jail. They said they will arrest him for preaching, beat him, put him in jail. He will write letters from the prison. Hey, every opportunity that he got, every opportunity that the apostles got. One day they came, they said in Acts chapter 2, the apostles had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. They started pre- speaking in tongues. Then all of a sudden, the people said, Oh, these guys are drunk. They said, Ah, you brought yourself. They took up. Sometimes when a young man sees you and says, Sister, you are beautiful, he said, Come, 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 come. You have brought yourself. You, you have brought yourself. I, you understand what I'm talking to you about? One of, one of our brothers, he went out and then uh, they were sharing the testimony on Sunday. He went out and then he saw a lady, he said, oh, your dress is beautiful. Ah, took, his, took her number. The moment he, he arrived, the lady has sent him this. He said, ah, he said, Papa, she's my soul. I'm going to work on her. Use every opportunity and every available opportunity. Draw them. You see, draw them. Draw, don't let them draw you. You draw them. Amen. Somebody sees you say, sir, your shoe is beautiful. Please mind your business. Don't say that. Don't say, please. Oh, you like it? Come, 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 come. I bought it here. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I like your wig. Oh, let me show you where I bought it. Now, it is, listen, use every, now what I'm trying to say is that use every opportunity because we don't have time. We don't have time. Somebody tells you your tie is beautiful. You say, come, come, I'll show you where I bought it. I bought it from ABC. Hey, but you know Jesus. They brought themselves. They brought themselves. Use it. Use it. Some people will use all these avenues that we have for free. What are we going to tell the Lord? Look at what Jesus said. He said, the harvest. There is a scripture here. But I will not. Look at at Matthew chapter 9. Verse 36 and 38. Matthew chapter 9. Verse 36 and 38. Any opportunity that you get. Except it is not an opportunity to talk to human beings. Make sure that you use it. Jesus, when he saw the multitude, this is the heart that we must have. When you see people, when you go to Kroger, what comes into your mind? Oh, I saw a guy. His, his locks were... No, 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 no. She was wearing this. No! When you see people, what is, they, what is it in your eyes? What do you see? Because 
when I see LP again, I may see something. When you see her, you may also see something. But the Lord wants all of us to see something that is unique. Whenever we see anybody, he said when he saw the multitude, he was moved with compassion on them. Why? Because they fainted and they were scattered abroad. A sheep having no shepherd. Verse 37 says that. And look at what he said. And he said unto them, then said he unto his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. But the laborers are few. There are some people that are in the labor field, but they are not laboring. The fact that you are in the labor field and you are not laboring doesn't make you a laborer. It is who is working within the labor field that is considered a laborer. And he said, look at verse 38. So he said, pray ye, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. When you see people understand that ladies and gentlemen it is an opportunity the harvest time is always shorter that is why we are in the end of the end and that is why everybody is saying that any moment from now jesus will show up why because we are in the end season the only thing is that the lord didn't give us any strategy when you look at the verse 15 mark chapter 16 verse 15 he said go and preach this is the message. This is the audience. But he didn't give us any strategy. You know why? Because the strategy is determined by the time, the season, and the generation. In our days now, we will not be preaching the gospel on horseback. See, somebody, you, I see you running on a horseback with a scroll. What is it? Well, um, Papa has written me a note. No, we will not. The strat- somebody said the strategy is seasonal is generational and it is timeless yeah we will not use that you see are you getting what i'm talking about that is why when you see the strategy we are using today and it is working join in one day i met a certain man of god and then cindy the man of god said you know i don't like this facebook facebook it is all demons demons i said man of god don't stop saying that it is ignorance when the world is using Facebook to advance sin, will you not use the same medium to advance righteousness? Whether you use it or not, they are using it. So why don't you use it? Why don't you get... Somebody said, and recently I think I taught you about all these AI and things. They are going to be more invention. You better learn them and use them. You better stop saying that they are all antichrist. Anti-what? They are not antichrist. They are te- Listen, these are things that were hidden. But in the end of days, if the Lord doesn't open it, nobody can unlock it. You read the book of John chapter 3 verse 27. A man can receive nothing except it is given to him from above. Stop letting ignorance tame you and hide you. I don't do, I don't do social media. Why? It is sinful. You can make it sinful. You can make it righteous. It, listen. Everything can either be sin or good, depending on whose hands it is in. Yeah. You see? That is why, when the Lord, listen, that is why sometimes, it is some of these mentalities. That is why sometimes, when the Lord wants to reveal something very important, He doesn't consider believers. The Lord will buy, yes, it is true. Because believers will always see witchcraft in it, they will always see something bad in it. The Lord wanted to show the world that there was going to be seven years of farming. Joseph was in jail. He bypassed him and he went to show Pharaoh. That scripture that you read about Cyrus. He was the most powerful man on the earth. But he wasn't a believer. 
when the Lord wanted to use somebody to help his people, he bypassed all the believers and used Cyrus, an unbelieving king, but who was powerful. Why? Because when the Lord unveils something, we got to use it. Use it. Use it. Use it for the dissemination of the gospel. Because the Lord didn't give us the strategy. He said, go and then preach. This is the word. This is the audience. But how? It depends on the time and the season. When men are using things, YouTube, as we are preaching right now, there are multitude over the line watching and listening. If not YouTube, would they hear? I, I, you understand what I'm talking about. If not Facebook, would they hear? If not Instagram, would they hear? So use what is available. Use what is available. Now write these points down quickly. When we go, the power of God is operative. In other words, when we adhere to it, the benefit, the power of God is operative. That is the scripture that we read in Mark chapter 16, verse 17, all the way to 20. You see, the power of God is a tool to aid us, to help us, because the world is a dangerous place. When you read the book of Acts chapter 8, and then verse number 5 to 8, Bible said that Philip went to preach Christ. Acts chapter 8, from verse 5 to 8, Philip went to preach Christ. And they all believed, seeing, look at verse 6, seeing. The people with one accord gave heed unto those things. When, which, Paul, uh, which Philip spoke, hearing and seeing the miracle. So when we go out, the power is operative. When we don't go out, I was telling somebody, if you don't go out, you will not know how powerful you are. When we go out, the power is active. Number two, the second benefit of adhering to the first column is that there is longevity. Oh, yes. Psalm 118, verse 17. In Psalm 118, verse 17, he said, I shall not die. Why shall I not die? But I will live to declare the works of the Lord, to declare, to say it, to publish the gospel. You see, the only thing that you can use when even the enemy wants to cut you off and say that, Lord, I can't die, and the Lord will hear you, is when you are a publisher, you are a declarer of the works. One day, Hezekiah was about to die. And then a prophet came in Isaiah chapter 38. He said, put your house in order because you are going to die. Then Bible said he turned his face to the wall and he said, God, I can't die now. The Lord said, why? He said, remember how I have restored the priesthood. Remember how I have opened the door for the message to go out. The Lord said, I, 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 I add 15 years to your age. Every soul winner is entitled for longevity. Yeah. Every soul winner. Yeah. In the book of Luke chapter 2, there were two people there, Simon and, and Anna. Man, those people grew on the Bible say that they were well stricken in age. Even their age could not be found. And they were people that were advancing so winning by praying. What were they doing? They were praying for the consolation of Israel. So longevity. Of course, when you read Exodus 23, verse 25 and 26, you shall serve the Lord your God. He shall bless your food, bless your water, take sicknesses from the midst of you. All the days, verse 26, all the days of your number, all the number of days of your life, you shall, look at that, you will fulfill it. Number three, what is the third benefit? So the first one is the power of God is operative. The second one is longevity. The third one is that, now you write the third one down. What is the third thing? The, you carry beautiful feet. 
Yeah. Feet, feet, feet. Uh-huh. You carry beautiful feet. Yeah. So that one is from 25 to 26 anyway. Now, the third one is that when you go, when you go to preach, you carry beautiful feet. Now, what, is that? what does that mean? Romans chapter 10 verse 15. He said, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace. What does that mean? And Bible said that, and bring glad tidings of good things. What does that mean? When Bible says that your feet are beautiful, your feet are beautiful means that your steps are ordered by the Lord. Yeah. There's not everybody that the Lord orders their steps. That's why sometimes many believers enter into trouble. But when the Lord is ordering your step, it means that when you move your leg, everyone move, the Lord will tell you where to put it. Put it here. Put it here. The Lord said, now go to the left. The Lord said, go to the right. The Lord said, Psalm 37. Look at Psalm 37 and then verse 23 to 26. When your feet are beautiful, he said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He delights in his ways. My goodness. Verse 24. 24. Though he fall. You see, when your feet are beautiful, even when you fall, Bible says that you shall not utterly be cast down. Yeah. Bible says that for the Lord will uphold him with his hand. Verse 25 and 26. I have been young. When the Lord, when your feet are beautiful, he said that, and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. When your feet are beautiful, you will not be forsaken. Your seed will not beg for bread. It all comes by carrying good, by carrying beautiful feet. And beautiful feet is not a product of wearing, doing pedicure. Is that the one we do on the feet? Or the manicure? Pedicure, yeah. The one we do on the feet. Yeah, It's not a product of doing pedicure. It's a product of carrying the gospel. When you carry the gospel in the eyes of God, the Lord said, no, order his steps. Because Sunday he's going for soul winning. Hallelujah. Praise the name of Jesus. Is it a beautiful message? Psalm Psalm 121 verse 3. He will not suffer your feet. Look at that. He will not suffer. Psalm 121 verse 3. He will not suffer your foot to be moved. He that keepeth you will not slumber. This is what we call beautiful feet. When the Lord, when you are about to enter into trouble. That is why I say that when you are one step away from shame, the Lord will intervene. You will not run into shame. Number four. Number four. When you carry the word to preach it. Number four. You enjoy angelic help. Yes. Everyone, brothers and sisters. Act 5, 17 to 20. Look at Act 5, 17 to 20. He said, then the high priest rose up and all those that were with him. Which were of the sect of the Sadducees. And they were filled with anger. Verse 18 and 19. And they laid hands on the apostles and put them in common prison. But verse 19 says that, but the angel, somebody said, but the angel of the Lord stood by them in the night in the prison door and opened it to them and brought them forth. You will come out of every trouble. You will come out from every problem. And look at verse number 20. In verse 20, Bible says that, and go and stand and speak in the temple to the people and all the words of this life. So, you see, the reason why they enjoy angelic intervention is because they will go and publish the word. The Lord deliver us in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. You know, when I was reading this afternoon, 
I saw that the reason why in Acts chapter in Acts chapter 12, Peter, uh, James was beheaded, but Peter enjoyed angelic intervention was because of soul winning. Yeah. Whenever, you know, Bible said that when Peter and John, they were arrested and then they stood in the, in the presence of the high priest and the moment he got the opportunity, he started praying. Look at Peter. Anytime Peter was, was given the opportunity, the same guy who was afraid, he would preach, he would preach, he would preach, he would preach. When they arrested him and they wanted to behead him, the church was praying. Bible said that in the night, Acts chapter 12, and then verse number 6, the night before he'll be brought out. Bible said that he was sleeping between two chains, between bound with two chains and, and then in the keepers. Verse number 7. Then, look at, and behold, an angel of the Lord came upon him. In Acts chapter 19, Paul and Barnabas had gone to preach. They arrested them, beat them, put them in jail. In the night, they began singing. The place was shaking. Brothers and sisters, there is something about being a soul winner. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are on the protective bill of God. This church, no devil can stand against us because we are a soul winning church and you are covered in Jesus name. And finally, finally, what is the faith benefit? They are wise and shining stars in heaven. They are wise and shining stars in heaven. Proverbs 11.30 says that they that win souls are wise. And he that winneth soul is wise. And then Daniel 12.3. Daniel 12.3 says that the wise, look at that, and they that be wise, you see? So he that winneth soul is wise. And they that be wise shall shine. Listen, when we get to heaven eh, and we are receiving rewards, the most shiny reward is the reward of soul winners. Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You don't like that one. You want the one here. But I gave you four that are here. Only one over there. You don't like it. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to pray. Lord, make me a soul winner. Please close your eyes and pray. I'm done. Make me a soul winner. You see, make me a soul winner. That is the first column. The first column is the column of going out. This is why the church goes out in September. Because we understand the mandate. And we want to be called thou good and faithful servant. And you as an individual, wherever you find yourself, I'm pleading with you. Use that opportunity. You see? Use that opportunity. Hey, can I invite you to church? Hey, can I talk to you? Yesterday, I went to buy something at uh, Longhorn. When I got there, after receiving the order, the, the, uh, the, it wasn't ready. So the lady said, I could sit in my car. When it is ready, she'll bring it. I said, okay. When she brought it, I said, ah, I like your hair. She said, thank you. I said, I want to be your friend. She said, okay. And then I reached out my hand and then I took a flyer before she misinterpreted it. And I gave her the flyer. I said, I want to invite you to church. She said, wow, nobody has ever done this before. I said, yes. Because I saw that it was an opportunity. The moment I said her hair was beautiful, she started smiling. I said, I want to be your friend. She was smiling the brother. I said, let me catch you here. I gave her a flyer. 
I said, I want to invite you to church. She said, where is the church? I said, it is at ABC. I said, are you a Christian? She said, well, the moment she said, well, I said, you are, I told myself, you are not. When you see them, see them in the eyes of the Lord. Whenever you compliment anybody, let the next thing be, see the person as a ready harvest. Sometimes they will lie to you. Oh, you know, I'm a Christian. I go to church. But they are just warding you off. See them as a ready harvest. I want you to pray. Lord, give me the boldness. Final prayer. Father, give me the boldness to be a soul winner. Would you please pray that prayer with me? Give me the boldness to be a soul winner. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Would you please stand on your feet? I am done and we are living. I want you just to stand on your feet for just a minute or two we want to pray Sunday we are going out again I want you to pray into it the Lord as we go, go ahead of us this is very very important listen, if you will listen to me like I took time to introduce the, the message and I told you, yours to do is to receive the instructions from the teaching priest there will be so much peace around us I want you to pray and I want you to say that Lord as we go out on Sunday we don't go out without praying I want you to pray Father break down all the resistances of the enemy and give us the ready harvest lift up your voice and pray lift up your voice and pray pray into Sunday's harvest we are going out we are not going to sow I used to think that when we go we are sowing we are watering we are harvesting until this afternoon the Lord told me that we are in the season of harvest everyone is a ready harvest there is none that we are going to sow everyone is a ready harvest everyone pray Lord give us boldness now I want you to pray another prayer Father give us maximum participation because when it comes to soul winning many people will take themselves out unfortunately they may think that oh well this is just going out the real thing is to go to church no the real thing is to be empowered and go out there this is what the church must do this is what the church must do if I had my own way every Sunday of the year we will go out every Sunday of the year we will go out because that is where the problem is that is where the issues are lift up your voice and pray Lord as we go give us the ready harvest please lift up your voice and pray give us the ready harvest look at this year this year every Sunday that we have gone out so far amazing testimonies Lord give us the ready harvest in the mighty name of Jesus now finally I want you to pray Father, bring them in-house. Bring them in-house. Lift up your voice. Anybody that we have spoken to, bring them in-house. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, bring them in-house that they will be taught the doctrines of the kingdom, the principles of the kingdom in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we pray, let the benefit of soul winning be our portion in Jesus' name as we undertake the going out to preach the gospel father perfect everything that concerns us let our feet be beautiful let there be healing let there be longevity let there be supernatural occurrences in the mighty name of jesus christ and let somebody shout me a believing amen come on put your hands together and take your seat 
in heavenly places. These are not messages that are so exciting, but they are messages that will make us fall in alignment with the purposes and the plans of God for us. Yeah, these are the main. In, in fact, please, I want you to lift up an offering. But in fact, many, many medication, the most effective medications are the bitters, are, are, are the, the ones that are very bitter, right? Yeah, the most effective medications are sometimes very very bitter yes so sometimes the best messages are not the shouting ones they were the ones that taught hallelujah but how many have been blessed by tonight's message you understand the power of the first column right yeah you know what the gospel is you know why some people will go to hell so when you meet some people and you are talking to them you tell them you explain all these things to them we want to receive an offering for the Lord and we'll take our communion. God bless you. Thank you for coming through. Now, look at the board. We got our giving portal on. Now, this month, every seed that is coming, we are sowing and, pl- and printing flyers. If you need flyers, get them. Put them in your car. Carry them around. When you see somebody and you can't preach, give them a flyer. We have prayed over it. The flyer is a whole message. Father, we thank you for the privilege and opportunity of giving. Please receive our seed through Tightly, through PayPal, through Zelle, Cash App, Vimo, through any other avenue in Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Please drop it with joy. God bless you. God richly bless you. And as you drop it, you prepare your communion. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Shadabaya. Melebraski Pandadiata. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Glory be to Jesus. Now we want to take our communion quickly. Father, we thank you for the bread and the drink. Jesus blessed the bread, broke it, and said, it is my body. We bless it, we break it, we receive it as the body of Christ. Let's eat it together. We bless the cup, receive it as the blood. For our healing and for our empowerment in Jesus' blessed and mighty name. Amen. Please remember from the 25th to the 29th, five days of emergency prayers and fasting. I need a miracle. And the last night of supernatural encounter on the 29th, an encounter with the God of miracles. And the Lord said there will be two things that will happen. There will be instant miracles. I want you to come believing. My duty is to receive and deliver. God's duty is to confirm. Your duty is to receive. And then the Lord will confirm what you have received. So the Lord said, an encounter with the God of miracles. There are many miracles. Financial miracles, academic miracles, you know, um, legal miracle. Every miracle is available on that Friday. I want you to come expectant. And then the Lord said we'll be activated as workers of miracles. It is going to be a very powerful night, that 29th. So if you are believing God for healing within that period, I want you to stay and do fruit fast. When we break the fasting in the evening, take some fruit. Some of us may probably be doing throughout or whatever as the Lord leads you. But the basic preamble will be from the six to six that we always do but five days of emergency prayers and fasting i need a miracle that is the theme that the lord gave me let's be on our feet 
God richly bless you. Today is your first time. Can I see your hand up if today is your first time here? Amen. All right. God bless you. Please, let's keep checking up on those that we spoke to and invite them in-house. Hallelujah. The Lord bless. The Lord keep you. The Lord empower you for spending this time in the presence of the Lord. Let God go ahead of you and multiply it in benefit for you in every area in Jesus' mighty name. Somebody say a believing amen. We'll meet on the prayer line at 3 a.m. Let's share the grace of God together. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. Be with us now and forevermore. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. We shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. Let's take our prophetic declaration. Share it with somebody. With long life, full of prosperity and sound health, shall you satisfy me and my household all the days of our lives. Amen.